Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Greenwood and Mullins Show Christmas Special. Who would have even thought we'd have had a Christmas special? But uh, exactly. I mean, this is a little idea. God, know how many months ago it was in the summer, really, when, let's be honest, uh, some Newcastle fans' TV was in a bit of a change. It was in a bit of transition. All, all the uh, members of uh, the, the channel left. It was complete overhaul. And me, you and Lee are pretty much the only ones that stayed um, in the summer. And this was always an idea. It was an idea that you created. It was a, we both kind of talked about it, but um, we did. I pestered you into it because I thought, well, I've got an idea, but I'm not a very good presenter. So who did I turn to? Lee said Hello, no. Ryan, how are you? Lee said no. Carl said no. Kyle and Paul said no. Everyone said no, basically. So I was just left with you. Unfortunately, you said yes, and here we are today. I oh, know. I lost the bet. Um, <laughs> that's not true you were top of my list you know you were well don't don't tell the rest that no in all seriousness it was an idea we both wanted to try and get just basically people that you wanted to see and we'll try our best and you know we've done 22 episodes as we speak and you know it's been a hell of a ride in a way already because we've like i'll be honest some of the people that we've managed to get on this show so never thought we'd get no, it's crazy. If you think like, um, actually, first things first. Before we go on to that, it's Christmas time. Exactly. We're both, we're both. We're both. This is an unscripted episode. We're both on the the cans. I've got two very miniature mince pies <laughs> that I'll be delving into. What are you drinking? Obviously, everyone knows who's watched NFTV more than once knows I'm drinking Thatcher cider. You're drinking what looks like a gallon of cold piss. Well, it's it's Amstel, mate. Amstel. Oh, okay. No, well, at least you're not like the Lee Lawler and Carling and or Fosters or whatever. So at least you're doing something right. The problem, the problem is that I bought, I, I bought um, like a crate, but I, I obviously completely misread the signs because I literally it's little bottles like this, right? Oh. So, so every two, I've literally got like two, like I've two got, like, four one, bottles yeah. on the side, and every two I've got to put in for a pint anyway. Um, yeah. Get yourselves involved. It's it's, to, it's literally we'll have an hour. Just have a bit of a free fall. Got loads of clips. We're just going to chat about how it's all started coming about, and you know our best memories. Who we want to try and get on for twenty twenty one, and um, you know just everything about the Greenwood and Mulner show. Really, um, got some nice clips from previous yeah. episodes as well. Our favourite bits. Very much so, and you know the, we can go back to even like the first guest, for example, was Colin Reid. To people that don't know, is a uh, Oh, oh, what a comment. What a comment from Bob Shafto. What a comment from Bob Shafto. Amstel is a class drink. Thank you very much, Bob. Love that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it, like Callum Ridd's coming in, watching from Western Australia. See, that blows my mind. Why? What people watching us in Western Australia, that, that I struggle... I sometimes struggle to get my head around the fact because I've been doing this nearly a year now. I've been with a, a, an FTV, and I still struggle. Like when I when I present the fan reaction show after a match day, and um, one of the guests, one of the fans that come on the other day, he says, "Oh, I agree with you, Sam. We should go four, two, three, one." And I have to think for a minute and say, "Oh shit, yeah, I've been saying that for like a year on videos because I, I forgot that people actually, you know, watch this." So I, it just blows my mind. But uh, yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Mickey. Up the Mickey. Go on. 
I'm disappointed, Mickey. I'm still in cheap crap. Cheap crap. I mean, it might be crap, but I'll, I'll stick up for that. It's definitely not cheap. It's definitely not cheap, but uh, no, it's special occasions. Obviously, Sam has this regularly in these little Tory households in the West Wing. That's not a Tory. That's not even. Don't even joke about that. Jesus Christ! I may live in a Tory stronghold, but I'm most definitely <laughs> not one. Uh, yeah. Callum Reds was the first episode, and I had a feeling that it was either go go one way or the other. We'd give it five episodes, see how we get on, and if it doesn't go well, we'll sack it off and we'll try something else. But I think even in the first, and no, I honestly did that, and I think even in the first, um, the, the first episode, Sam, it was, it was, it was good. But we kind of got a bit of a, a gel almost. We kind of, we, I was talking, you were kind of butting in, and even now. It, might occasionally want to say something to a really important guest, but it's just kind of flown all the way through, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, you know, we have trials and tribulations, but that's just the world we live in when you've got to do things over Zoom and, and what we're doing now on StreamYard, and it's just a sign of the times. But in a way, that's kind of helped the get with the guests we've gone because we've not had to travel or they've not had to travel or do anything like that. And I mean, when you think Callan Ridd's episode one, he hadn't won a game on the PDC tour. He's done really for well since then. For those of you who don't know, Callan Ridd's PDC professional dart player. He hadn't won a game on the tour. Now he's absolutely flying. Um, had a really good run in some tournaments. Disappointing at the Worlds, but, it'll be, but we should probably get him back on because he's had an incredible uh, kind of last six months of the on the tour. So, um, yeah, it's just amazing. And then when we go into episode two... We've gone from Callum Ridge to an England cricket legend in Steve Harmison. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Where me and Sam are both big cricket fans. Obviously, we think of the Ashes 2005 was when kind of really when the whole world kind of started watching cricket when I was a youngster. Because like Sam is a bit old, as you as you probably all know, and the 2005 Ashes, Steve Harmison, the bowler that managed to get Casper Fitch out in the second Test at Edgbaston, England. Were just hanging on, really. They just needed any wicket, and how they'd done it. And Steve Harmison was the man. Australia lost by two runs, and you can almost say with his career and a little bit, the rest is history. And to talk to him about that, how Newcastle beat Sheffield United back then, which seems like a long time ago now. Well, this is the thing. Brilliant. We we did that the day after um, the first game back from lockdown, which is when Newcastle beat Sheffield United three. Three nil. Yeah. Yeah, three nil. All we wanted to talk about, Johnny, was. Ashes, West Indies, <laughs> wickets, and then all Steve wanted to talk about was the three 0 win. <laughs> so, and he was due on like the first tee with his with his lad playing golf in like like thirty five minutes. So we didn't quite yeah. cram him all we wanted to, but um, just to talk to him was uh, pretty cool. It was very cool, and the, the actual golf course he played on actually played on the week later uh, in New yeah. Lovely links course, lovely links course. Highly recommend it. Uh, John says, have a very Merry Christmas, boys. We'll catch it on Catch Up As I Am at work. Tell your boss to leave wherever you're going. Tell them it's the 23rd of December. It's Christmas. Watch the Greenwood and Milner show live. Have a couple of cans or whatever you're fancying today. I'm at work uh, in the morning. So am I. Well, 12 o'clock. Uh, it's not really the morning. But That's not the morning. It's not. It's not. But you'll be fast asleep by the time I get back. Um <laughs> Sam does the morning shift. I pretty much do the evening shift, basically for work. But um, no, it's been brilliant, and we have to 
count ourselves extremely lucky, Sam, because oh yeah, we have to look at it a little bit because the, the name of Newcastle Fans TV, which Lee created over five years ago now, um, it, it just seems like a whirlwind four or five years for Lee. And we don't, we don't, obviously, we don't really speak about him much in the Green and Moon show, but I think we should in circumstances like this yeah. because, without, because without the name of Newcastle Fans TV and how well it's done over the last few years, we would never get some of the guests that we've got on. And also as well, the layout that you see on screen like this bad boy when we've got a guest on, um, that's all the, that's, so he still has his fingerprints on this show and whatnot. But yeah, that name, Newcastle Fans TV, it's, it does help um, getting the guests we, we have. We've been so, so lucky. I was looking at the list we got the other day you just think some of the names on there is absolutely crazy. Like, what are we doing? I mean, we both work full-time in jobs that are completely disconnected to this. <laughs> and, you know, there we are speaking to Newcastle United heroes, cricket legends, boxing world champions, current England goalkeepers. Guys, sports <sighs> presenters. Guys, sports presenters, journos. Uh, we're just top, top people. I think if everyone we've had on is just brilliant. Yeah, we, we we can't complain. We're very lucky people, and we we have big big plans for this show um, in twenty twenty one. And if there's a person, we? are we going to talk about that? <laughs> no, I think we should. I think we should definitely. Um, that's, a, that, that's a conversation for off air. <laughs> but if there is any guests that you would fancy having on, let us know in the comments, and we'll try our best. You know, Sam does a lot of that stuff where he does a lot of legwork basically to get the guests in he does very well and in terms of speaking to the right people he's, he's very good at what he does and myself it's kind of the prep side of it making sure that everything's not missed there's always something you're going to miss it. unfortunately but it's it's trying to get as much out of the the guests as possible and i think for me sam you've grown into the grown into the role of kind of being i, I know you don't like I mean, not not dis. I don't say dislike presenting, but you prefer to do other things than present, and it, I think that's why it works a little bit. I think we have that combination of, you know, maybe myself who enjoys presenting to you that enjoys what well, can I come in with a question? Yeah, and it it, it works really well. Mm. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, Alan Shearer, Jesus Christ, I would what I would give, but. Um... Super Mac, we've had him on the channel before. Before um, <coughs> Kyle left, um, I sat in on um, Kyle had like two hours with Malcolm McDonald. Um, they pretty much left no stone unturned. It was a really fascinating couple of hours. That is on NFTV Extra, the full version. Um, Kyle did a great job, bless him. So yeah, that's on there. But yeah, there's there's, there's loads in mind. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I wasn't. Obviously, before we this show started during lockdown one, I did a, a few interviews that went well. So I don't mind the presenting side, but I prefer coming in and vibing it. Um, it's just the research and stuff side that that you do. I think <laughs> Phil so I like this one from George, actually, Jonathan Edwards. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, it's a great show. Great show. Yeah, somebody that we I think would like. I'd like to hope he's a Newcastle fan. If he's not, it doesn't matter. But I think he is. Yeah, it'll be good if he's watching. If anybody knows him, <laughs> he's a big fan. Apparently, big fan of this show. Oh, I thought he would be. Uh, let's have a look. Bring back Kyle <laughs> from Ryan Pearson. 
Um, yeah, Kyle's, Kyle, I can't speak any highly enough about Kyle. Um, obviously, any 29 lads, still keep in touch with them. I spoke with him yesterday after the disappointing performance against Brentford, but... Um, yeah, it's it's, it's um he was he's a big part he was a big part of NFTV and obviously we're glad to see him do well at Magpie twenty four seven with uh, Paul who used to be a member of Newcastle Fans TV, another uh, valued member back in the day as well. Um but going back onto the Our stuff. Our stuff. You obviously were talking about Steve Harmless and Callum Ridge, had Chris Doby, friend of the channel as well, and he's you know, he's through to the next round of the world championships, plays Daryl Gurney on the twenty seventh, which will be a really good game actually. I'm very looking forward to that. Pardon? I would back Chris for that. Yeah, I think he's good. He's not playing well. Dobie would have expected a better year, but there's no better way or better tournament to get your form back, and that is the World Championship. So keep an eye out on that on the 27th. But in terms of our first Newcastle player, or former Newcastle player, was it, uh, was it Warren Barton or Lee Clark? Uh, we had Lee Clark first. Lee Clark. And this was a memorable day, Sam, wasn't it? For all sorts of reasons. Um <sighs> If, I don't know if people can remember, but the day we interviewed Lee Clark, it was live on Newcastle Fans TV and Newcastle Fans TV Extra. Mm. Former Newcastle legend, played for the club in the Keegan era, uh, and obviously Dad, Kenny Daglish as well. He was sold. It wasn't he was sold. Was he sold or didn't get a new contract? Did he? No, sold. I, I think he was sold. He, he sold. Obviously, went down the A19 at Sunderland, and who can forget? That's a t-shirt incident <laughs> on the day Newcastle in the FA Cup final in 1999 against Manchester United. And Sam, Lee Clark was brilliant. And I think you've got a clip of, uh, of that memorable moment. Yeah, this is a clip. I still watch this little clip now because it tickles me every time. Here it is. Kenny Daglish dismantled what Kevin Keegan did at Newcastle by getting rid of players such as yourself, Les and uh, Ginola and bringing people in like Rush Barnes and Des Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, Des was brought in as my replacement. I must have been absolutely useless. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. And he, he's, I was rocking he a lockdown that. haircut there as well. But yeah, that was funny. We both were. We both were. Lockdown yeah. haircut, lockdown beard. Uh, thankfully, I've got mine sorted tonight. So, um, yeah. It was it was brilliant. <laughs> I got it done last day. Uh, when was it? Last when was it? Last Friday. Turkish bar was Whitley Bay. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was brilliant to get speak to Lee. I, I've always wanted, I've always admired Lee Clark. I've seen him on a few podcasts on different uh, platforms as well, and um, he's brilliant value. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he he just you know you could you could have spoke to him for two hours. Unfortunately, we're going to get about 45, 50 minutes. Uh, Steve Howie, that would be a great one because we had Steve Howie on. The good friend of Pete Graves would touch upon a little bit later as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, when it's, 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 it's inter- I think the best two words I can use for this sort of show is interesting but entertaining at the same time. I don't know how you say it, Sam. Yeah, I agree. Um, quite a relaxed atmosphere, isn't it? We're too. We're very laid back in our approach. We're not hammering guests going, tell me about this, tell me about that, tell me about that. Why did this happen? It's just a friendly, nice little conversation. It's conversational, which is what I had. Because I've wanted to do a podcast for absolutely ages. I mentioned it when I first come to the channel that we should have some sort of a a regular podcast thing, um, which is slightly different to others that are out there. So having a different guest on each week and having a chat for half hour, an hour, 
it's, it's, I think it's really good. But um, yeah, that Lee Clark one that I watched that that, that saved in my phone that clip because it, it tickles me every time. Des Hamilton was rubbish. He was, wasn't he? The thing is, as well, Sam, it's a good point, though. See, with, there's other channels that do pod, podcasts, but I don't think anybody does a podcast like ours in terms of what we do in terms of the Newcastle or the no, North East. Do something different. No point in being the same. If you're gonna, exactly. There's no point. Be different. Exactly. And we've got another amazing legend entertainer in Warren Barton as the next episode. Um, Love Warren Barton. Yeah, you, you've got a good relationship, a good rapport with uh, Warren Barton. Um, when you interviewed him, take over time. I think it's got nearly twenty thousand views. That that yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that must be like a moment for you, though, Sam. Where you look back and go, "Wow, I spoke to a legend of this football club, and it's done really well, and people were interested." And then no. again, again on the Green and Mullen show, you, you must be absolutely flying. That was the first. No, it was the second ever interview I ever did, Warren Barton. But it was the same day. So I joined lockdown once, the before Greenwood and Mullen show. This was when we were having interviews during lockdown. And my first ever, it was the first ever one. So I did Craig Moore at 8 a.m. in the morning because obviously he was in Australia. And then that later that day, I did Warren Barton at half six, 7 p.m. because obviously he's in San Diego, which is six hours behind or whatever. So yeah, it was a, that was a mad day that was. And we got on with them both really, really well. Warren is so generous with his time. and He's such a top bloke. You see him, he, he gets about because he's just got time for everyone. He, he doesn't say no. We got on really well. And we, obviously, we had him back on, on the show. And uh, we've, uh, we've got a clip of him now talking about the greatest goal scorer ever to put on the black and white shirt. Which I've, I've looking over the last probably three or four weeks that was being put out there, I didn't realise how many different goals he scored. You know, some of them was Weldies, the one against Chelsea and Everton come to mind, and the Aston Villa, the volley against Peter Schmeichel. And then some of them would be just pure power. Uh, I remember Ian Rush talking to me about Robbie Fallon, saying Robbie's like a, a natural finisher. Allen is just power. He just don't stop him. And he would smash it in, whether it was a penalty, running through. But he, the, the goals that he scored with his head, um, he just thrived on it. But being around Alan uh, with England and then obviously being around with him at Newcastle, it doesn't surprise you, you know, how driven he was. And don't forget the injuries that he had, you know, an ACL injury in the, the mid-90s was was a big, big deal. Uh, but only someone like him is mentally tough enough to, to come through it and self-driven to be the best. And then he, as I said, he dislocated his ankle against Ajax and, you know, the pain that he was in, um, you know, he was, he was yelping from the side and, for him to be in that much pain and then to come back and to come through it all with the character that he's got. Um, you know, in training, they used to say to us, look, me and Nobby, you know, Solano, you know, crossing, I want you to put the ball in and this is where I want it. And if you didn't put it where he wanted it, he would, you know, you talk about Michael Jordan and this documentary that he's doing, Alan weren't far behind him. He would, he would rip your head off and, and tell you and, and right. And, and you do it, you make sure the next time you put it on his head and he put it away and to go into a game, knowing that you've got a chance of at least getting one goal every game. Um, I think it gets overlooked because people want to say with the flares and the, the tricks of Ronaldo and Messi, but as a goal-scoring machine, in he was a goal-scoring machine, was Alan Shearer, and Warren played with him at Newcastle for, I think it would have been about five or six years of his Newcastle career. I think obviously Shearer coming in in 96 and Warren leaving in 2002 to join Derby. And you can remember that, he talked about that game as well where Rob Lee and Alan Shearer crashing each other basically it was a horrible yeah. incident where the bang heads and they laugh about the fact because they went out for a meal in derby um 
later that night in with her on share Robley Warren Barton and their wives uh, and obviously both being in hospital both with massive cuts and who would have thought it'd be Alan Shearer and Rob Lee um, banging heads against each other but it was it was brilliant to talk to Warren Rob Lee would be brilliant to have one Rob Lee is a yeah I think he, I think very underrated very very underrated Newcastle oh the most underrated player probably oh, ever <laughs> He was just immense for such a long period of time. He was absolutely superb. He's good mates with Warren Barton, isn't he? But um, yeah, love Rob Lee. Would love the chance to um, to talk to him. Um, this is a good question. Were we nervous when we talked to them? You, do you get nervous, Johnny? Um, not really. Not really. Not in a big-headed sort of way. It's just not my character to get nervous and talking to people. It's it's funny because in the sort of even with the in the job that I do talking to people I don't know if it comes naturally to me or um it's something that I'm used to but it's something that I'm, I'm not really phased about I think it might be it might be different if we did it face to face in terms of meeting up and doing like a live show mm. that's something that we want to do in 2021 when everything's safe to do so for an obvious reason especially the way the world's going which we hope everybody's absolutely fine um but not not necessarily. I don't know about yourself, Sam. Was the early ones for you? Because I suppose the good thing for you was, especially the fact the Colin Reds, Chris Doby, two lads that you probably might have even met before, heard before. You were, you were, you were quite relatively comfortable around them. I suppose it's when you're talking to the likes of a, a Lee Clark, a Steve Harmison, a Warren Barton, um, Pete yeah. Graves potentially as well. Uh, yeah, you're right. With the darts lads, I, I'd never met Callan or Chris before, but I'd been around. Um, because I got a couple of, uh, I got a, one of my big mates, Dave Pallet, who's on the PDC tour. So I've been to watch him at the floor tournaments a few times. So I've been around all of them, all of them lads before. So yeah, that wasn't a big deal. But yeah, I think I, I do get nervous because that's just the way I am, and I'm a big overthinker. And I think um, the one time I wasn't nervous is when I cocked up, which was the infamous Keith, Keith Gillespie interview, which you love to remind me about, where I made a massive faux pas. Telling him he played in an FA Cup final when he did it. Top three moments of 2020, that is. Yeah, and he said uh, he was injured and it was the lowest point of his career as well. Sorry, Keith. Um, yeah, but that was the one time. So that was that was it for me. I think nervous energy is, is good. Um, as long as it does, obviously doesn't go overboard. I've, um, I wasn't starstruck with Lee Clark. Obviously, I'd met Warren Barton before on, on here, but the only time I was starstruck was a bit was kind of like was Savannah Marshall. Because like she she'd won the world title like two weeks previous, and she's she's gonna be she's gonna be massive. Not hence the t-shirt, but um, I just, do you know what I was just about to say? I was Savannah Marshall. You've been there, done there, and bought the t-shirt literally. Well, I bought the t-shirt because I'm a massive supporter of her. She's absolutely fantastic, world champion, and she's one of the best around. World, world um, champion. We got a world champion on the show. Yeah, a world, world champion. champion. That's incredible. Not our first. I think Joseph Craig won the worlds, didn't he? Before he went on to win just gold. In, just, at in, just in general, Sam. Just in general. Yeah. A current world champion. Yeah, who's approaching the peak of her powers. Yeah, that was uh, a big moment. So when she when she first come on, I know she's notoriously shy. So it was it was it was a big deal for me to get her on. I love me boxing, as you well know. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I do get a bit nervous, but, like, in a kind of good way, I think. 
Yeah, I think it's 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 something that everyone gets nervous, I suppose. I think for me, one of the early ones that I enjoyed and maybe surprisingly enjoyed because I didn't know a lot about this young man was Joseph Craig MBE. Love Joseph. Still yeah, I speak to him now. That's a fan of the channel, isn't he? Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. He, he messages us. Uh, I, I spoke to him today. <laughs> spoke to him today. I spoke to him after the game yesterday. Still comes on the fan reaction show every now and again. We've had him on before. And since he's, that was a really, really good one because that was one like that we weren't, we didn't know what we were expecting. Um, I thought it was a real nice thing to do and a real, obviously, not the biggest name, but it's a local lad who's a world record holder and an Olympic gold medalist. I mean, Jesus, what more do you need? It's absolutely unreal. And he was just an absolute top bloke. Give everything, opened up about um, mental health struggles and everything. I, that, that is one of my favourites, but um, we haven't got a clip for that one. <laughs> <laughs> a man that we do have a clip about, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the, the mental health very briefly, is this, this Steve Harrell. And of course, the head of the Newcastle United Foundation, and everything that we dedicate as um, that podcast with uh, Steve Harrell to the memory of Martin Lorimer, uh, who sadly took his own life. I think it was um, revealed very recently after having uh, mental health struggles, and it was filmed before Martin's passing, unfortunately. Yeah, but day before some, the day before, unfortunately. But Steve w- was so. He's so positive about the foundation. Remember, the foundation isn't the club. It isn't the club, but it plays a huge part of the club. And I think that was what was brilliant about it, Sam. And you, you have a clip about it, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, just to say, with with Steve, we both had like a pre-meeting with him the week before we did the show. And we both come out of it. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't really know what it was about. And, and Steve took us through this kind of presentation about everything the foundation does and um after steve had left the the kind of zoom call me and you were like fucking hell that's like we were so he took like, us seriously he took us seriously that was the, probably the that was probably the biggest compliment he gave us is that he took yeah us and the thing is it was really inspiring really inspiring and he's just like we come off both times we spoke to him and he's just like he's just an absolute dude he's just an absolute superstar hero obviously his brother played for Newcastle, which is, um, he tells us a little story about uh, his brother David now. Oh, I didn't quite make it as a player, but um, but my little brother did. So he, you know, came through the first team, made six games, which um, was the like probably the, although I've been at the club since since that length of time, that was probably the, my proudest moment. Most terrifying as well when he made his debut. And it, like, his game against Middlesbrough at home was absolutely terrifying. I'll tell you a quick story. So, remember Hamilton Rickard, the centre forward yeah. for Middlesbrough? So, Dave's mistimed a header on the halfway line, like totally missed it, like unopposed almost. And the balls uh, bounced. By the time Hamilton Rickard's got out of the centre circle, Dave's landed. But Dave was nothing if he wasn't quick, right? And he's caught him up by the edge of the six-yard box and tackled him and then turned at the east stand where I was and it looked like he was just going to start crying. And I just sat there with some pure, pure terror. He just, just managed to recover. But you know what? Like, the fans were just amazing. Like, amazing. I was just cheering him and it was like the best and worst experience ever. That's something that me and Steve Harrell actually have in common that 
Um, I've managed to play on the St. James's Park too with my brother as well. Actually, it was a um, big shout out to Will Peters, who is uh, a long, a long term friend, well, a friend of mine for years, and he works for a betting company. Similar to you, Sam, just they're uh, not as good, unfortunately. And um, actually, no, actually, hold on, I might just slide his own company off because I think it's your, I think it's the sister uh, <laughs> partner to your company. We're not talking about work. Come on. <laughs> anyway, he, he works for he works at Coral, and um, they've. They've got. They had a partnership with the digital advertising, and they you can do play on a pitch. And um, me and my brother actually played on St James's Park. Uh, was it last year or the year before? I mean, last. Uh, no, it would have been twenty eighteen. But I've done. I've managed to do it three times now, and it's it's a it's a, it's an absolute. Come again. Oh yeah. Oh, it's. I didn't. I, I, this is probably the young for the younger viewers. Um, there was a, there's a YouTube channel called EXO. And that includes the true Geordie. I'm sure you you know the true Geordie is Sam. And um, I actually played against him. I was on the opposition team. I was in goal that day. And he didn't score past me. But um, everybody else probably did. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's have a look. Mickey Townsend, what's the next for your show? A studio. Well, it's a, I don't think they'll want us to talk about this. But we have an, uh, an idea for the channel. In terms look, of what look, we want to do. And I think that can probably yeah, help us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But look, whilst... Things is how they are at the moment. It's going to be difficult with social distancing and all that. But once all that's out of the way, then um, watch this space. Yeah, we've got we've got look. There's, there's big plans. I think like a studio would be amazing. But you've got to remember, Mickey. Unfortunately, as Sam mentions, especially with Sam, we've got about a three and a half hour drive difference between us as well. It's not like we live two hundred twenty miles. Well, there you go, two hundred twenty miles and. Halfway is pretty much where we did all the videos just before the start of the season in Wakefield, and that was that was great as well. To be fair, me you and me you and they had a great time that day. Um, great, great, but, great crack! Beat you both at pool and darts. I know we need a rematch. We need a rematch. Um, but it was it was brilliant, and you know the three of us in particular. I think it was a bit of a um, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It was an interesting point because I didn't really I didn't know where the channel channel was going from that point. I always knew the channel would do well in some capacity. But especially when we we lost Paul and Kyle and Rob's now left and Isha's more or less gone and you know Owen. Owen's gone as well. It was kind of like, well, this is that was the bulk of the channel. You know, they they all played the part in certain ways, but that was the bulk of the channel. And yeah, it, but you got to look at Well, we did when we like, uh, uh, Adam, Carl, Matt, Liam, oh, Brandon. Breath of fresh air, breath of fresh air, and they've all played the part. And you look at like you look at last night. The majority of them were on the on the air on all, all all the shows, and they have been quite consistent. And that was probably a big thing that we didn't have last year. It was the consistency, and now we have that. We have that now, and I can't speak highly enough of the lads in general. And I know obviously a few of them might be watching right now, but they've all played the part um, in videos that all don't you know shy away from their opinion. If they want to say something, they'll say something. Scoring the players in particular, Sam. That even me and you now are kind of disagreeing quite strongly. On certain issues now, but it's good. It's healthy. It's interesting, isn't it? I don't know what you're Brian, talking because about. Because Craft doesn't fill you with any pleasure at right back, nor does DeAndre Yedlin, who wasn't even on the bench today. And obviously, we know about Javier Mancure. Possibly, I don't know if he's injured or he's got COVID. I would imagine it's it's probably more likely COVID than it is injury. But obviously, we can't confirm that. Um, I thought he was much better as a right winger. I think as soon as Emil Craft got put on and he had a right go at, um, at the defence. He looks a threat. Just maybe that final ball, you'd like to see him just be a little bit better. On today's performance, um, 
he did get caught up position once or twice in the first half for Leeds. Just a bit. He's not a right back. He's not a right back. I he was playing there, though. doesn't matter. He was poor. He, he improved when he moved further up the field, but he was playing right back today and he was awful. I agree it was worth a go, but it didn't pay off. He was On that performance, it was really poor. I'll ask you a question, Sam. I'll, yeah, I'll ask you a question, Sam, in a second, but I'll give the score. He scores four and a half. But just, 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 um, just the thing is, though, is he our best right-back option? No. Who's our best right-back option? Who gives uh, you the in most? A flat, in a flat-back four, it's Kraft, whether you like it or not. No, he's not. No, he's In a flat-back four, No, he's not. He's not. He's not. I'm telling you now, Kraft is not the best right-back in a back, in a back four. When has <laughs> he had a... How many good games has he had for Newcastle? Uh, <laughs> this season or just in general? In general, come on. Kraft was the right back against Spurs when we won there one nil. Kraft was the right back against okay, Chelsea. Okay, so two games. You've got two games on me. Come against on, Sam. the top four teams. Yeah, it's not from you two. Don't agree. It's not from no. you two. Don't agree. Well, I'm not saying Kraft fucking good. Am I? I'm just saying he's the you best. He's the best we've got. Well, yeah, best of a sh- really shit bunch. <laughs> I'm bewildered. Man, Kilo, Man, Kilo, Man Kilo for me is the best right back we've got. All that proves <laughs> there, all that proves is that my point was right because Adam agreed with me that Kraft wasn't the right best right back. No. Two, two things about that clip. Two things. One, Adam looks like a child that is witnessing his parents <laughs> argue and that he knows it's going to end in divorce. And two, yeah. you ask me about how many good games Kraft does. I tell you two against real top opposition in victories and clean sheets, and then you interrupt me because let's you be think we're brutal- oh, fucking Come on, Let's point. be brutally honest. He was not good against Chelsea. He, 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 did, did you remember that sheet? game? He was taken off after an hour. Yeah, I know. He was wank, wasn't he? But yeah. <laughs> 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 clean sheet, didn't he? You were definitely, uh, you were definitely thinking, oh, I've got Spurs. Spurs is definitely in the back. I've got that one. Um, but then <laughs> I was like, I was only only realised afterwards. I was like, Chelsea, but I'll take it off after an hour. Be, be fair. <laughs> Isaac Hayden, Isaac, hold on, Isaac Hayden came on a right back and scored the winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be to be fair, you summed it up well last night actually, which was I'm just so sick and tired of that right back situation. Um, a couple of people have asked what we think about Boxing Day against Man City. We'll I mean, we're trying it. to we'll keep talk. it we're, we're trying to keep it light. I think that's the point. I'm not looking forward to it. Carl, yeah. I hope you're on videos on unboxing day because I really don't want to take your place on the watch along <laughs> for that one. Yeah, I think look, the Man City game is something that we just have to deal with. It's the, it's it's actually the one game in the season I actually don't like. I don't like it because I, I know what, what what's coming. We've never we've never we haven't got a good record against Man City. We've not actually won at the Etihad in the Premier League. We've only won. In, we never uh, had a good league. record against Man City before they got mad stinking rich. Yeah. I know. My dad talks about a game, actually, in 95-96, and he, he says that's the game that cost us the title when we drew 3-3 at Man City. Everyone talks oh, about Albert that game against Man United. that day. Yeah. Everyone talks yeah, about that game against Man United, where Cantona scores in a 1-0 win, and we battered Man United that day. But he says mm-hmm. that 3-3 draw against Man City was the game that cost us, because we we shouldn't have drawn against a team like Man City, who was struggling. I think they actually got relegated that season. That tells you yeah, where, yeah. where they were that day. But... um. No, I'm not looking forward to the game. Actually, I'm not, it's, oh. it's a really bad, it's a really bad atmosphere at the club at the minute. Obviously, um, Sam, you've been you've been Bruce out since the, the Southampton or the Chelsea game. I can't really remember, but um, I think I think it's I think the vast majority of Newcastle fans and myself included. Now, I think 
I think we do need a change um, in the managerial position. I just I don't look forward to watching Newcastle. And maybe people may say that I don't. Might some people may say, "Well, we've had this before." It's different because we've actually got the players now, Sam. We've actually got some good players there. They're yeah. just not. They're not just. They're not just not being coached. That's no. the, that's the biggest issue, isn't it? No, Bruce recruited well, so there's no excuses this year. He had a free swing of it and did well last season. But my word, what a mess they're in now. On the flip side of that, you look at the women's team, and we were lucky enough to yeah. have the women's manager on, which was another massive coup for us. Um, Becky Langley, what an impressive character she is. I've got a little clip of her now. The likes of Roy Keane has talked about his days at Man United, and he's like the most competitive games are the ones in the training sessions with your teammates and and that's what I said to the girls I was like if you bring that competitiveness like you have tonight on Sunday teams won't have a chance um but yeah it's just finding that right balance isn't it where your performance is intelligent and professional but at the same time there's that raw we're not going to lose today and we should win the game and we enjoy the pressure and we soak up the pressure because like it's an honour to have that pressure and privilege to play. So it's funny because like Becky was brilliant. She was absolutely brilliant. Um, oh, oh, we're back. Um, <laughs> no, Becky was. I, I was very, very impressed with Becky Langley. Really was. She has big, yeah. big aspirations for Newcastle women. And I, 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 as soon as we can go and watch football properly and and actually enjoy it and. You know, be allowed to do it. Obviously, me and Sam have both said we would like to go and watch Newcastle women play. We were planning on actually doing it before the lockdown kind of happened. It was just a, it was just very bad timing where lockdown two kind of happened, and it was just, it was just, it was just a bad time. But um, yeah, very impressive, Sam. I, I'll put it out there. I can't. I can see her definitely managing a WSL team. Yeah, she has aspirations to be England manager as well, and yeah. it's something that she will probably strive towards. And I don't think it's going to happen in the next five years. It might not even happen in the next 10 years, but the name Becky Langley will be around women's football for a long, long time. Yeah, keep an eye on her, um, even when she does eventually leave Newcastle. Very, very impressive person. Real um, winner's mentality. Um, came away from that interview going, bloody hell, wow. Got to keep hold of her. She, um, it's so frustrating for the women this season because their season keeps getting interrupted and their game uh, on uh, Sunday's been postponed. And again, they just stop start with lockdowns and postponements and this, that, and the other. It must be really frustrating. They're on a little FA Cup run as well. Um, asked her about that whether it's a distraction because she's eyeing up promotion, but no, she wants it all and uh, wants it as soon as possible. Really impressive person. Very much so, and we've been very lucky in a way, Sam, because we've spoken to some people that have been brilliant in terms of they want to actually speak to us, they want to talk to us, and we we haven't really had to beg people to come on. We've had, there's been two. Or, like, we'll give you a little insight. There's been two or three people that unfortunately they've had to cancel, but we've never really been deflated. We've never really felt really down about it. I think. I know one for sure. I can't. I can, there's definitely. It must be two or three that we've tried to get on. No, there's two. There's there is there is two. I will not mention the names just in case we get them in future episodes. But there is definitely two people that we've um, we've had we've had booked. We've had all sorts, but unfortunately, it hasn't happened for whatever reason. Yeah. And um, these things happen. happen. These things do happen. But 2021, I think we can get get those those two people that we would like. 
um, back, back on the channel and back on. I think it'd be, it'd be great value. Um, one person I would like to talk about is Pete Graves. Yeah. Sam, um, big, big fan of Pete, and it's probably one of our best uh, performing podcasts. Is there Pete Graves and? The, the biggest impression I got from Pete is he is a fan. He's a massive oh, fan. Good He's a massive Newcastle fan. But I almost felt he, he felt frustrated at times talking about the club because you can t you can sense there is a, a frustration somewhere in the back of talking about Newcastle, but it, it's overpowered for the love of the club. And in particular, the relationship with him and Kevin Keegan and Saboy Robson um, was fascinating to say the least. Yeah, real eye-opening interview again. That was um, that was a crazy one to arrange because we had a, a couple of dates locked in. Then Pete had to cancel because of last-minute work and this, that, and the other. And then uh, he rang me when I was in Tesco uh, one morning. <laughs> um, I was just strolling around Tesco with my face mask on and uh, just casually talking to Pete Graves, which was very, very surreal. Very surreal. Um, of the supermarkets are available. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was that was interesting. Then we ended up doing it one morning as a pre-record. Just just an absolute top top bloke, and he is black and white through and through. As uh, yeah, as you'll hear now, we've got a clip of him talking about the rest of the uh, northeast uh, journalist group. Um, you try and always to be one of the ones I think that the fans can feel they can trust. And I know what you're saying with George and Keith, because when they tweet something, you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this has got sort of, you know, we, we can hang our hats on this one a little bit, you know. And there's there's others out there as well. Uh, no, the new, the Northeast Press Pack are a really, really good bunch of lads. Honestly, all of them. I mean, from the from the local lads, you know, the guys at the Chronicle and, and elsewhere, um, to all the guys covering Newcastle and the national media, I've, you know, I've got to know them all well over my time, particularly when I was working in local radio and local TV. But a lot of them cover the Republic of Ireland as well. And I used to cover the Republic of Ireland for Sky. So, you know, like George, Luke Edwards and, and others. Um, and they're all really good lads. And I hate seeing it when one, one of them is getting battered for something. So I think, ah, they don't, you don't understand, guys. They, they, this bloke's a really nice fella. And... You get caught in that one tweak and one decision, tiny thing. We all make decisions every day. One tweak can kill you for for a month, you know. It was it was fascinating. I thought I thoroughly recommend you watch that because um, it's actually a person that my mum's actually met um, from where she works. I can't I can't say where my mum works, unfortunately, but um, she uh, she she met Pete years ago. She, he was still at Sky. He was quite. He was quite new to Sky at the time, and um, got met, like mentioned. Obviously, some this is something I wanted to do, and the, the actual job that he wants to do in his career. So, with what was spoken about that at times as well. So, I've always wanted to get Pete on the channel. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think another thing, Sam, as well, was that we've we're not afraid to talk to anybody really, but and. No, we have to. Might have to get people that would actually might have might have different opinions to us about about life, maybe about football, about Newcastle, because that is the general theme that we're going with. Yeah, talk to anyone. I've reached out to a couple of people who um, are nigh on hated by our fan base, but I just I thought it'd be interesting. I mean, none have gone back to me, but you know, we'll keep trying. I'm not again, not going to name names, but um, it just goes to show that the people that do give us their time 
are just top top people. I mean, um, Pete referenced uh, the press pack, and we had Simon Bird, who's been covering the northeast oh, football brilliant. for uh, that. That was brilliant. Though. That was one of my favourites, and he's yeah. such a lovely bloke. He was um, hit the headlines for a rant of <laughs> he was on the receiving end of from uh, Joe Kinnear. But uh, what absolute diamond bloke he was. And just goes to show there's some bloody good people. Like Steve Baharrell and the foundation. There's, I met for all the stick the club get, there's some fucking brilliant people that work at that club. And in and around it, obviously, Mike Ashley and Lee Charlie aren't two of them. But, um, yeah, the, the people that are there, they're fans like ourselves. Like, I, I could name loads. But, yeah, they're just topped up people. And... Yeah, what can you say? They're just, they're just they're just great, and they have the same passion. And I dare say they have the same frustrations that we do at times. But obviously, they've got a job to do. But yeah, the foundation and and the press pack in particular, um, the press pack I actually have sympathy for because we're approaching January. Everyone wants answers from Steve Bruce, who's having a real, you know, needs to be walking away and difficult time. Yeah, I mean, fans outlet of rages social media which they want answers and they're the people that are tasked at getting the answers so i do have a degree of sympathy but yeah like pete said top top people they are top people and they've got a very difficult job and you know we you can look at say a lee ryder or mark douglas at the chronicle and we've had um simon bird from the mirror obviously craig copes had these ups and downs with the, with the football club but they're all they're all care about Newcastle in different ways, in different ways, and that's probably the most important. Stephen Carson, love the Lee Clark pod. Was one of the best. Thanks for getting me through a hard lockdown, lads. Well, we're not we're, we're, Got we're, just, just, we're just doing we're just doing a hobby. We're just doing a hobby that if people enjoy, then that makes us feel even better because yeah, you know we've I've, especially in the place that I work and the fact that I live in the area. I've had one or two people who said, "Oh, I love watching your stuff," and it it, it, it it's weird because I remember telling yeah. you a couple of times, "Yeah, we, like it, I, I love watching you on the on the channel. You're 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 really good," and and I thought he was talking about you, to be honest with you, Sam. Um, <laughs> Come here. Come here, I've never but, had that surprisingly. Yeah, do you know what it is? I was telling. I remember telling Lee that because he was because he says, "Oh, oh I, I get it quite often where I've what I've seen you on the, on, the, on YouTube, but." The first couple of times, it's it's becoming a bit more normal now. If someone says, oh, "I've seen you on YouTube or whatever," where it's it's becoming a bit more normal. I've had probably about well, two years of working with the channel, probably at work itself. I maybe remember twenty or twenty-five people coming up to me saying, "Oh, I've seen you on YouTube. You're doing doing really well." A lad from North Shields that just you know, in loves loves I love Newcastle just like Sam does, and. It, it, it's a thrill. It's a thrill to do this sort of stuff because who would have thought that me and you would meet up one day in a in a, in a pub in Newcastle to watch Liverpool versus Manchester City to go to the radio show with your mate who was a Villa fan. He was <laughs> in the comments you. earlier, actually. Hang on, was he actually? Just... Yeah, here we go, Adam. There he is. Yeah. Yeah, what's he your, came with what's me. Your, that what's first your week. first thought on the channel, Sam? Where, how did you come across the channel? I think people would probably want to know how you how you actually like stumbled across this. Uh, I'd never watched them on YouTube before. I'd never watched a fan channel before. Still haven't, apart from ours. 
Um, I saw it. I was doing the washing up one evening, and I was on Twitter after the I think it was one after one of the Sunday night games, and the radio show that we used to do on Nova cropped up as a live stream, and I started watching that. Um, liked it because it wasn't um, like mad like some of the others, um, like the Arsenal lot. Um, kept on watching it. They were on about, you was on about wanting guests. Saw one lad go on. I can't remember his name. I can't even remember. I just remember thinking, oh, I can do better than him. <laughs> I can do better than him. And then me and Adam were on about going up one weekend and then there you go. I messaged and said, look, I'm free. I'm here for the Bournemouth game. I think it was Kyle or someone um, brought me in. But yeah, and then there I was. It was it was quite bizarre, and then you invited me to do the fan cam after the Villa game the week after. Then I started writing articles. Then Leash did uh, did me a shout out for my articles on one of the preview videos around this time last year, and then he asked me to come on full time, and I was like, yes, because that was my angle all along. It was actually, yeah. Yeah. So on, on, on the way on the way home, I think I said to Adam, I said, oh, "I've got a game with them," <laughs> and that was the main thing, to be honest, um, because beforehand I had a bit of a rough time and confidence was knocked. And whenever I had to come up for a game, I always had to like kind of persuade one of my mates to come up with me, which wasn't always uh, doable because obviously I'm the only Newcastle fan around here. Um, Three and a half hour drive, 90 minute game, three and a half drive home. Yeah. It's not that appealing for some of my friends. Um, so I wanted to kind of get to know a few people up there and so I didn't have to rely on some of my friends coming up with me, um, which I've done. And then to be fair, if you think about it as well, this is the kind of plus side of lockdown, which I know it's silly to say things like that, but I, you know, try and make the most of it because this, this has helped me get through that period as well um if it wasn't for that i'd have been on three more times before the end of last season i was down to do i'd done wolves i'd done norwich and then i was i think i was booked in to do three more games before the end of the season and that would have been me done and i'd have only just started coming back to games now because i had a baby in the summer and um she's six months old you had a baby did you did well yeah Two of the shout fuckers, out, shout out to your missus because your missus helps you a lot behind the scenes. Oh God, yeah, she's she's unreal. She's absolutely unreal. She's she's the brains behind the operation. She's uh, she's the proper parent. I ain't got a clue what I'm doing. I do I, I do as I'm told. I'm here for the fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So that 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 was the story about me me joining and and whatnot. But um, when you think this time last year, I'd only just. I was I was down to start. I started running the Twitter page about this time last year, and I was being announced just before the Rochdale game, the FA Cup, if you remember. Oh, memorable, memorable. And then, um, yeah, we sit here now, and um, we've interviewed Warren Barton twice for me, Lee Clark. I've interviewed Henry Winter for crying out loud. Um, Les Ferdinand had him on the channel. Savannah Marshall, and the list goes on. It's it's been absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I think another person that was who was Newcastle mob was Carly Telford, who before lockdown was England's number one goalkeeper. I think probably some would argue still is because of how lockdown's coming along and when the England uh, ladies will play, God knows. But we'll we'll hope Carly does get a, um, gets a start because she was brilliant and here she is talking about. Um, her time at England uh, or maybe match a time... minus one and we're just doing our normal goalkeeping drill that we usually do match day minus one little passing and whatever and bump goes down like like goes down quick like you know like where someone's being shot goes down and you're thinking and she all she did was a pass and all of a sudden like me and Ellie and Mary looking at each other like uh oh and then Mace is like right physios get over and that's it. They're like, she's out. So we're just about to go into our small sided games and, and Phil's come over. He's like, you ready? And I was like, I'm ready. I was like, I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready. I was like, I trust in what I've done. And there's at no point, like, I think because I'd played and I'd been, like, say it was my, my uh, third or fourth tournament that I'd always had the mindset of what if and not to just go there and like, all right, I'm second or third, just enjoy the ride. Like, I'm never going to play. Like, always always be ready because then I can never have any regrets in case I'm needed on that's always been my mindset so when he was like are you ready I'm like yeah like let's do this like enjoy the rest of training and then after that just like just try to keep as normal as possible do nothing different relax um sit on the balcony niece like just chill um and then like you say you look at the game day you're just trying to think in your head you're trying to think right it's just another game it's just in the game because you do not want to let that whole like oh my God, this is a semi-final of a World Cup against the best team in the world. Um, get the better of you. And I just was like, look, I'm just going to enjoy all of us. Well. Yeah, it was it was brilliant with Carly Telford. Um, that was crazy. I had a lot of time for her. Yeah, she's the England goalkeeper. What's she doing with us? She also had a free night. <laughs> Mad. Mad. But, uh... Can you remember that? Can you remember that? Can you remember that moment, Sam, where um, she was basically? I felt like just going for ten for like ten seconds when she when England were getting beat off Denmark. Yeah, um, yeah, she was watching the England game while she was talking to us. She, she, she <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she's she's football mad, and she you could tell in that interview. Um, the links for all the interviews are in the description. Um, and the link for the podcast, actually. Everyone watching this should be uh, subscribing on iTunes and rating five stars <laughs> to help us out. Come on. Um, yeah, she's football mad. You can hear her in the interview as well. She wants to play for Newcastle, but she's never had the opportunity because of the, the, the women's team stature is not where it should be for a club of our size. So um, that's a massive frustration for her because the talent in the northeast is is immense. So it's, it's we haven't been taking advantage of it i'm dreading answering this question because i don't think i can pick one favorite interview so far jonathan Young. okay we'll, we'll check we'll change it we'll change it to the top three no 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 jonathan has asked you a question <laughs> jonathan give him an answer it's very very difficult um honorable mentions simon bird for sure yeah. um Oh, this is really difficult. Really, really difficult. Um, there's been some surprising ones, I suppose. People that you don't, you've obviously know little bits about, and you, you you actually speak to them for an hour, and you go, "Actually, that was really, really fascinating. That was really." Ali Drew, that was great Ali, fun. Ah, oh, the only the only person that your missus knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a lot. Stephen, I've got a lot of Stephen Caldwell as well. Honorable mention. Oh, he, who, who is? What a gentleman. 
officially, Stephen Caldwell is officially the nicest man alive. An absolute gentleman, Stephen Caldwell. Um, Ali Drew, I've, I've, I've got a lot of time for Ali. She's been brilliant. Her channel as well, Sportology TV with her Uni. I've done a few uh, interviews for them. They're absolutely brilliant. And, you know, they'll, they've got some fantastic guests on. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out as well because they are brilliant. Um, Rock Batty, he was fun. Yeah, he was brilliant. <laughs> he was hysterical. Um, Going to the training ground pretending he's David Batty's nephew. <laughs> it was so good. So good. Um, Chris Dove. I, I like Chris Dove. Yeah. Is it my favourite? Probably not. But that Chris Dove interview was brilliant. Because after the first 10 seconds, I'm going to rip you about your Sainsbury's T-shirt that your missus still laughs about. That was brilliant, though. Was it? <laughs> well, tell, the, tell, the viewers what, tell the viewers what happened. I have a Ben Sherman T-shirt that looks... A polo, Ben Sherman polo <laughs> shirt that looks like I work at Sainsbury's, which I now can no longer wear. <laughs> to be fair, your missus found it funny and Chris found it funny, to be fair. Yeah, so was quite yeah, funny. yeah. Oh, yeah, they found it hilarious. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> uh, my uh, well, favorite. I'm gonna stick. I'll stick my neck out. out of all them we've done, I'm gonna go Gabriel Clark. Go on. I was gonna save this for later, but I'll 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 play this little tiny clip now, which will make you feel very proud of yourself. Um, Radio Trent is where it started for yourself, and it's at the time where Brian Clough is the manager of Nottingham Forest, and obviously you went on to make a film about Brian Clough. Um, what was that whole experience like right at the beginning at Radio Trends? What was your vision for your career? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I mean, I... I... Oh. Was your hero saying you've asked him a good question? Oh. I know. I, I honestly, you honestly see me, man. I was always crying. Uh, yeah, Gabriel Clark is a, a huge inspiration to myself. And I mentioned Pete before. It's, it's, they're absolutely brilliant. And if you haven't watched... Uh, this is Bobby. Uh, this is Bobby Charlton. <laughs> Jack Charlton, rather. Um, document. Uh, I was going to say documentary. Jack Charlton film. I will get it right. I've had too many Amstels. Um, Jack Charlton film on Amazon. <laughs> um, I thoroughly recommend it. Like me and Sam watched it, and for people that don't know, my name, me and Sam, my granddad unfortunately had uh, dementia, and then he had the early stages of Alzheimer's before he died in two thousand and fourteen, and. Um, I was I was I was probably around about ten years old when my granddad first had it, and then by the time 2014 came along, unfortunately, I was uh, 20 years old, and um, you, you can obviously notice signs and notice why um, it, how this horrible disease is, is really impacts on a lot of people. And Sam obviously lost his granddad, which we'll not go too much into about because I know that's it's difficult for Sam to talk about, but um, it was it was really really fascinating inspiring emotional is another word wow. i used on the day so but um gabriel's actual career is absolutely fascinating the Savoy obviously more than a manager um film as well which gabriel created as well it, it's I, I can't speak highly enough of the man i think the gabriel clark one is probably the most interesting one we've done the, the as you were uh, smash your glass, and uh, if we were in a pub right now, there would have been a whee. <laughs> uh, they're all closed around here. Thank you, tier three. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the most interesting one we've done. Um, for Gabriel's an absolute genius. He's just absolutely amazing, man. Um, my favourite ones, 
Honourable mentions, Andy Griffin, because I made him laugh. Yeah, he was he was a lad, really, wasn't he? <laughs> Andy Griffin is a lad. Um, he loves... I, I can imagine Andy Griffin loving a beer. Oh, I mean, he lives down the road from me, so uh, I hope so. Um, Simon Bird said uh, to give him a shout next time we're up, so we can go yeah. for a beer with him when uh, all this is over. Um, my favourite? I don't know, because there's there's like... Well, gun, gun to your head. Who's your favourite? I've, your I've head. got probably Warren. I love Warren Barn because he's just ace. Love Warren Barn. I do love Warren Barn. Um, Pete Graves was brilliant. Um, even ones that you weren't expecting to be good, like um, Gary Wilson, Roberto Rojas was really interesting speaking to him about yeah, Miguel Almiron. Ramsey about a world that I know nothing about, the YouTube world. Yeah, He's shout obviously... out to Ramsey. I played football with him last week, actually. Um, honestly, he plays like Messi, just doesn't pass, but he's he's he's, he's, he's a brilliant lad. Um, he, the, the actual drive for him to succeed in this sort of industry is immense. It really is. You've got a clip of him, haven't you? Mr. No, I haven't. This question which is, guess? Maybe, which guest was um... the most... No, we're not. No, we haven't had one. Do you know what it is, Stephen? I'm, I'm not. I'm not just saying this. Like, if we imagine when you if you get an Oscar, I just like to thank everybody and everyone's been brilliant behind the scenes. Generally, when we've had anyone on, they've been brilliant with the time. They've asked questions. They've never been rude to us. We've, you know, it's been a quite relaxed atmosphere. There's no. Don't get me wrong. I would love to be able to dish out some dirt, but when. Oh, when when you've you know people give up their time for for free to speak to a fan channel, um, yeah, the chances are they're they're pretty sound, and and uh, all twenty two of our guests so far have been. So, I, 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 it might happen down the line. There might be one episode we'll go me and Sam will go didn't enjoy that, but uh, honestly, we it's funny because me and Sam both say the same thing almost. Um, when these interviews happen, we'll go. That's the best one we've done so far. That's the best one we've done so far, and <laughs> it is, it is it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, we, we we're very lucky. We're very very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just seen something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. We've got one more clip. And Get it's, the... Stevie, it's Stevie Caldwell, and then uh, yeah, what a so Stevie, what a Stevie Caldwell, who is the nicest man alive. <laughs> and the light and you know, kiss the badge, which I still uh, can never forget. But I was a young kid who there it is. What a picture! I look at my two mates behind and that loving it with me. It's, it's, I love that picture because I look up to Gary Speed so much. Um, yeah, such an inspiration on my career and um, and the belief he gave me and the, the belief he had in me and 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 I've shown on the other side which. You know, it was a guy I grew up with and a guy that had some struggles as well, like me coming through the youth team, like everybody does, unless you're Wayne Rooney or one of the prodigies. They're up and down. And Shola had his. To be there alongside him and, and, and Speedo celebrating with me and me kissing the buys. And I think I jumped about six and a half foot in the air. I was so happy. It was, uh, <laughs> was a, a big highlight of my career. I can I can think about it now and the hairs in the back of my neck stand up when I remember that moment. Steve, Stephen Carlwell talking about the late Gary Speed, um, a man that we would have loved to have interviewed if we <laughs> had the chance. But obviously, very sad. Um, time back in the day, almost almost ten years ago now, Sam, which is an absolute 
tragedy, really. But um, Stephen Caldwell, what a gentleman. What an absolute gent. He was brilliant with his time. And, you know, he he played for Sunderland. But it didn't matter. It, honestly, for it for a former captain of Sunderland, he's all right. He was captain of Sunderland on Alan Shearer's final ever game. He was. He was. And he said that the North East was a very special place in his heart. And, you know, it's, he, he made a big decision when he was younger to travel to Newcastle and and it was a brave move back in the day especially in the in the mid 90s but he spoke about the love of the Newcastle people Kevin Keegan I think was manager or maybe I think Kenny Dag- Kenny Dagwish might be manager I think it was very close to them too when yeah, Ke- right, Kevin was right, leaving right. And, and so Kenny was um was coming in and it was um it was it was very very fascinating to speak to him and he's doing very well now on in TV in the is it the states or Canada it was Canada, Canada. actually was yeah, Canada, um, as well. So he's doing fantastically well. If you check him out on Twitter as well, he's good value. Um, but yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant, Sam. I think we'll we'll end it with more about what we want to try and do in the future and what do you think twenty twenty one can bring to the Grim and Amulna show? A hundred million dollar offer from Spotify. No, Fingers anyone. Crossed. If it, do you know what it is, that like Sam, if we could do this full time, it'd be absolutely brilliant, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the dream, but um, unfortunately, it doesn't pay the bills at the minute. Spotify, come on, checks in the post, come on. Yeah, I think for me, look, of, of course, I think everyone will say who the guests that you want on. Obviously, Alan Shearer would be the guest you want on. It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. If we could do it, we'd do it. We would probably drop everything to get Alan Shearer on this podcast. And we'll try. We'll keep trying because that's what it's all about. We've had Celeste Ferdinand. Excuse me. We've had Celeste Ferdinand on very very recently. I'll tell you another player that I would love to get on in terms of Newcastle is Shea Gowen. Shea Gowen is an absolute hero of mine in terms of what he gave to that football club and the performances year in. Yeah, out season in, season out. Arguably best player bar Shearer in the in the twenty be... in the early two thousands. Yeah. yeah. In terms of keeping us in games and being a massive part of us doing relatively well considering when you look at the crap that we have to deal with at the minute, Sam. Absolute on. I mean, there'd be a lot to talk about with him because he was at the club for so long. And and even his exit from the club was um pretty shit. Um, he never got a testimonial, did he? He deserved one. Do you know what it is, though, Sam, as well? If he got one, it'd be a sellout. Oh, God, yeah. Easy. Easy. Um, yeah, that just goes to show a lot about the current regime, though, doesn't it? But um, that's a story for another day. It is, but we've, we've got some great ideas and we, we have a plan if we want to try and speak to. We have a plan every kind of couple of weeks going, this would be good, this would be good. I said somebody a Sam, and he just literally laughed at me face once when I mentioned it. Well, not oh, yeah. To be fair, I'm not going to name who it was, but it was a trust me, it was a rubbish idea. <laughs> it was probably the worst idea I've ever heard. Um, yeah, absolutely, ben, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what controversial person like Alan Pardew? I I always quite liked him. Whether that's a controversial comment from my, myself or not, I liked him. Well, there you go. We'll have to talk about that maybe. I think, look, Alan Pardew, I'd love to speak to him about the 2011-12 season. 
Czech Tiote, God rest his soul, obviously a player that um, Alan Pardew had for a number of years. It'd be interesting to see what he thought of the Tiote and Kabai partnership because I thought that was probably the best centre-mid partnership Newcastle had for a long, long time. It was, just, it was perfect, perfect. Tiote being the, the general just above the back four, Kabai being the playmaker, getting likes of Ben Arthur. What would you do for them? Dimabar, Papi CC in the play. Oh, like I remember a game, slightly off topic, I suppose, but I remember when Newcastle were half decent. And I, I remember a game going... You remember I, when they were half decent. I remember when they were fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Like, when we... when we be, I remember a game we beat Stoke 3-0 at St. James's in the, in the season that we finished fifth. Oh. I've never seen Newcastle play some, oh. the football they did that day. We were absolutely phenomenal. You are by pass for oh, season. Oh, that was the pass of the season. Pass of the season. But do you know what it was? It was 11 players that were playing with their heart for the club and now can we say that with full honesty the only time the only time i think that something can come close to that and you might laugh at this is when we had when in rafa's first full season in the premier league when we got promoted we'd be yeah. arsenal we'd be arsenal 2-1 at st james's and it wasn't it wasn't as good as a performance against stoke the stoke performance was a better performance but in terms of absolute effort, desire, determination to actually win a game of football and to leave everything on a football pitch, I couldn't have asked any more of that group of players. And now some of them still play for the football club right now, which is actually absolutely insane. And it, it, it saddens me. It does sadden me where this football club is right now. What formation did we play that day? 4-2-3-1. Correct. And that's where we should leave it. <laughs> Because that's why how we should be playing now. Well, people will probably argue that as well, which is just the beauty of it. But uh, Sam, a big thank you to you because if this didn't, if, if you didn't think of this idea, we wouldn't be doing it. So, yeah. again, like and subscribe to Newcastle Fans TV, Newcastle Fans TV Extra, which is obviously where we're having it live tonight. Um, again, we'll try our best to get as many guests as possible in 2021 and. If you can support the podcast, that'd be absolutely brilliant because we've um, got some great guests. We would try to line up for the early stages of 2021. Spotify, Apple, Podomatic in particular. Um, excuse me. We're trying to get. Uh, if you can leave a five star review, that would be absolutely brilliant. But... Someone's had too many hamsters. <laughs> uh, 2020 has been very difficult, but there's a bright light. The Green and the Moon and the show started and it's not going to end anytime soon. So 2021 is definitely something that you need to look forward to for a lot of reasons. And hopefully we'll have another Christmas special in 2021 talking about how amazing this year has been with guests. We're on 22. God knows where we'll be on the 23rd of December 2021. From myself and Sam Milner, we'll see you all very, very soon. Merry Christmas.